If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <laughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe. Today, we're going to be talking about three simple steps to managing your energy and increasing productivity. Lord knows I need that. I am joined by Heather Chauvin. She is a leadership coach who helps ambitious, overwhelmed women break free from their fears to courageously and authentically live work, and parent on their own terms. She is a TEDx speaker and author of Dying to Be a Good Mother, such a fantastic book, and the host of the highly loved, wildly popular podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, with over 9 million downloads and counting. Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tara. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I listened to your TED Talk. It is incredible. We're going to jump into that in about a second. You're an absolute powerhouse. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, boy. Well, I feel like when people introduce me and they're like, you're a powerhouse, you've done all these things, I look back and I feel like the reason why I've done all these things is because I was like screaming to the world, like, am I alone? Am I alone? And then that's where, you know, you find your people. That's what I love about podcasting is you're putting yourself out there and people are like me too, right? Like you're not alone. So going back a little bit, I'm a mother of three. They're currently 18, 13, and 10. And I was actually 18 when I became a mother. So people are like, you look young to be, to have an 18 year old. And it's also, that's a whole other can of worms. And we can get into that when your child turns the same age you were when you had them because it almost like anything you needed to look at at that age is it comes up again. But mothering motherhood was the thing that cracked me open. I already felt like I was failing like right out of the gate. I was like, okay, I'm single. I'm doing this backwards. I'm living in my mother's basement and I feel like I'm failing. And that's like a primal thing for a woman is like, you got to get this right. And then fast forward, my son started to present what you would consider regular, you know, child behavioral things like, guess what? He had emotions 
anger, frustration, anxiety, and I'm reading the books, I'm doing the things, I'm going to the doctors, I'm doing the, I'm doing everything, quote unquote, right, and I feel like I'm failing. And there's a part of me also that's like, not this, there's something more, you got to dig deeper. I get a social work degree, I start working with families and children, and I start to realize that there's this culture, and I'm sure we're all aware of it, like we love to label and diagnose people, and including children, we really love it. And these children, there was like labels being put on them, like defiant or, you know, whatever diagnosis they had. And I'm like, but nobody's teaching them skills. Like no one's teaching them actual skills to manage their emotions, nor is anyone looking at what this child just went through that was projected onto them by adults. And I was like, wait a minute, no one's talking about this. So I dove into the podcasting space and I've been at it for like eight, nine years and just started talking about conscious parenting. And I built my business, left my job, built my business as a con- like essentially like a parent coach. And a lot of women were coming to me talking about the child's behavior. And I started to hear things like, I don't have time to implement this. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I hate my career. My marriage is falling apart. I don't have time for myself. And I was like, okay, but we're here for the child, right? It was so hard to actually focus on the child because it, it was everything was about them. So I'm starting to pay attention to what I call little breadcrumbs. And then 10 years ago, so before my podcasting years, well, no, actually it'll be 10 years this December. So I was like in the startup phase, gaining momentum in my business, love what I did. And my health is deteriorating. Like my physical body is deteriorating, sending me all these symptoms. And I'm I'm dabbling like into trying to figure out what it is, but I'm telling myself this story of, I don't have time to figure this out. I don't have time to figure this out. And like, I'm young at this point. I have all three of my children. My youngest is breastfeeding. I'm not, you know, just the traditional, no sleep, whatever, in business startup. So I'm stressed out. But there's a deeper part of me. I'm doing the personal development. Okay. Like I have invested in coaches, all the things, retreats, business building. Like I wasn't oblivious. My abdomen started to swell. And I thought, oh boy, I have a gluten allergy. Oh, here we go. I'm going to be one of those people. I got to figure this out. I don't have time for this. And so it was December 21st, 2013, went into the emergency room with my husband because he's like, I am not going to leave until you are looked at because you will run away because you're stubborn. And that night with a CT and blood work told me I had cancer. And a part of me was like, it was confirmation of a knowing that I already had. And I was running away from it, busying myself. And yeah, I had stage four sporadic burkets. It was rapid growing and my life completely stopped. And that also shifted how I work with women and parents. Wow. Heather, thank you for sharing your story with me. That is, that's incredible that it took 
something that forced you to stop. I mean, literally like slammed a door in your face and said, stop, you need to pause now. You need to focus on yourself. Yes. And I see this all the time with my clients. Like, you know, everyone that works with me knows my story or aspects of my story. And I can see their behavior that I'm like, you need to stop. You need to stop what you're doing, realign, reassess. And they're like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it's this go, 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 go. And I'm like, all right, I give you three months and you will be in my inbox again, telling me I'm done. I surrender. And it's almost like our brain and our body, I would say more of the brain. I feel like the body gives us symptoms way more. And then to get the brain to stop the nervous, like your nervous system to be like, okay, I am here. I surrender, but I see it all the time. And it's, I talk a lot about what I, I call it energetic time management, which is reverse engineering how you want to feel in all aspects of your life. So this is in your work in your parenting, in your body, in your health, with your time. Like it's your, it's your relationship to everything. And people like the concept, but actually to implement it, you do need to have enough of your own BS. Like you have to be done feeling like shit. Yep. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I just got back from a conference. It's called the Mom 2.0 Conference. And I was speaking about creator burnout because as a content creator, there's a lot that goes into it. That's a whole separate conversation. But I love what you're saying there. And and I love what you were saying. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit is that you have to really know yourself to be able to come out the other side that you need to be able to say like, stop, this isn't an all-encompassing thing. It does not have to be an all-encompassing thing. I'm saying work-wise. Health stuff is different. That That is then all-encompassing because you need to take care of your health. But from a work perspective, sometimes you could just say no, or sometimes you could just choose not to worry about the things that you're worrying about at that point. So today we're going to be talking about how to manage your energy and increase productivity. And I need that, and I'm sure my listeners need that, and that's why I wanted to have you on today. So my question to you is this. Where do we start? What are these steps? How do we get going? Okay. So it's very counterintuitive. So let's just accept that. We have been culturally conditioned that the more we suffer, the harder something feels, the better we are, the more valuable we are, or the good we are being. And I had to unsubscribe from the belief that it's it's very trendy in the personal development space. We can do hard things. And I love the people who have coined this term. But I it doesn't it doesn't work for me. I I can't believe I can do hard things because if I'm addicted to hard, I'm not going to allow life to feel easy. So, it's not hard to send an email. It's emotionally uncomfortable. And that's why My podcast is called Emotionally Uncomfortable because there's just moments of emotional discomfort. I even tell people, this sounds awful. Well, not awful, but maybe your mind needs to wrap around it. It's not hard to watch someone that you love pass, like physically pass. It's emotionally uncomfortable. And when we can start to connect to the emotion around these situations in life, we can process our emotion instead of like, okay, this is hard. I'm going to cut off the emotion and just keep powering through because that's how we become disconnected from our bodies. So when we think about emotion, 
and I say energy, you have to realize that we're all after a feeling, right? So it's not the thing you want, it's the feeling. I discovered that from Danielle Laporte. She's like, okay, you say you want a new house, but what is the feeling that you want in this new house? Because like, you're all excited about the feelings of like, when we get this, and then you get the new house, and then you might be stressed out because it's bigger or your bills are bigger. So what's the feeling that you're after? Well, I want space. I want new. I want clean. I want whatever. I want more money. This is interesting. Always interesting. I want more money. Okay, why? Because then I'm going to feel free. Okay. Well, sometimes people get more money and they feel the opposite of that. Sometimes they don't know how to manage a dollar. So it's incredibly stressful for them. So you have to realize we're after a feeling. How do you want to feel in the relationship with your child, with your work? It's all a feeling. Then you have to get clear on what gives you that feeling. So I'm going to give you an example. When I'm going back in time when I was diagnosed and I was like at one of my many rock bottoms in my life, but let's just say that was one of the rock bottoms. And I had all the, I say it was like all the training of like, I didn't start my personal development journey there. That was like part of it. So I remember having this feeling like, of course, my body and my brain are pulsating with fear, right? And I'm telling myself, worst case scenario, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I was smart enough to know, okay, you've learned these tools, now you have to implement them. This is go time, this is the training. How do you want to feel? And so I got myself present. I was like, Heather, you're not dead yet. Like I remember this night I was in on the floor in the bathroom, like crying in fetal position, of course, in the middle of the night when nobody's awake and my body's like, Oh my God, you can feel all the feelings. And I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I get present. I'm like, you're not dead yet. You're right here. You're here. You're physically here. Are you dead? No. And then I'm like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? Because I knew this, right? I'm like, what's the feeling you're after? I'm like, I want to feel alive. I want to feel alive. I want to feel alive. I want to feel energized. I want to feel strong. And then fear washed over me again because I didn't know how to feel alive. I had no evidence in my life when I felt alive and energized and strong, especially in the last, at that point, almost decade of parenting and mothering. So I thought, oh crap, I'm not actually afraid of dying. I'm afraid that I don't know anything else but feeling this sense of lack. So then after that day, I decided, how would an alive person show up? Well, all I have today is a little bit of energy. So that alive version of me is going to get out of bed. She's not going to stay here. She's going to have boundaries. She's going to get out of bed. She's going to take a shower. Okay. Check the box. Get out of bed, take a shower, go sit on the porch. And I had to slowly, 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 slowly bring myself back to life. So I tell people this all the time. You don't need to know what you want. You don't need to know how you want to feel. I use this journal prompt all the time and almost talk about it in almost every interview, which is, wouldn't it be nice if, pen and paper, wouldn't it be nice if, and I want you to just take a few minutes and go, wouldn't it be nice if, and like anything that comes out, I had, I could go on a vacation by myself. I could have a glass of water. I could take a bath tonight, like the tiny things to the big things. 
Everything that shows up on that list is a desire of yours, not a desire of your neighbor, not a desire of your partner or your children, yours. It's going to be unique to every single person. Then you're going to go back line by line and you're going to ask yourself, what is the feeling that I'm after? Then you're going to see these feeling patterns and then you're going to start putting feelings on your calendar first. So people will say to me, I want space. Great. What does space look like? And every person is different. And sometimes space is I want time to like read a book. Okay. Then you start reading a book. You physically put it on the calendar, midday, morning, whatever it is. And you read the book and you're like, this is emotionally uncomfortable. I don't, I don't, my brain won't focus. I can't do this. Because your desires and your physical body need to start realigning. So it becomes this practice where you are like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? And you will get off track. You will feel out of alignment. But when your North Star is how do I want to feel rather than how do I get everything done today and jam it in, it just becomes a different mindset. And you will still get your stuff done and you may not be able to do it all, but it will show you how unsustainable your expectations are. And eventually you start cutting out the stuff that doesn't serve your bigger vision. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. That is one of... And I'm not exaggerating when I say this to you, Heather. That is one of the most helpful things I think I have ever heard. Mm. I am, as soon as we get off the call, I'm going to do that for myself. I'm going to share that with my mother. She recently retired and her whole life, she worked her entire life. And so she has always identified herself as an employee or as a worker. And I forced her to look inside herself because she's like, who am I now? And I'm like, you're just you. Be you. And so she needs to get emotionally uncomfortable in herself to now say, what do I want to do with my time? Now I have time. I have free time to be able to, I don't know, read or hang out with friends, whatever it is that she wants to do. But she, for so long, didn't take the seconds or the time to be able to look inside herself and and do that and, and see like, what is the feeling that I want? You know, why am I pushing myself to go to work when I don't necessarily have to? And I know for her, it's a sense of community. So for her, then she could sit down and say, well, what's the feeling I'm looking? I want to be, I want to belong. I want to have people to talk to. I want to have community. And so that's beautiful, Heather. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And to, to piggyback off of that, we use the excuse that I will do the thing when my children are older or when this happens or when that happens. And if you've ever had an experience where you've actually accomplished that thing or your kids do get older and you're like, why do I still feel like I don't have time? Well, I don't have time because time wasn't the actual issue. Like time was the illusion. And 
we are the ones constructing our time. We are the ones constructing our energy. So what happens is you just keep living your life, convincing yourself, I don't have time. I don't have the resources. I don't have the energy. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then that becomes a habit. Like you, and then that becomes your identity. Like you were saying, your identity. My mother did the exact same thing. She retired and I was like, what are you going to do with your time? And I'm like, you're, you actually don't want to admit to yourself that you don't know who you are. Yes. We have, you know, we're mother, we're employee, we're friend, we're sister, we're all the things. And we've busied ourselves to be this for everybody. So at the end of the day, your relationship to time is really sacred. And that is where fulfillment and purpose come in. Yeah. And it, and it's, it is emotionally uncomfortable when you do the work. And I have like, um, there's a little mini course on my website that shows you the step-by-step. So it goes a little bit deeper and there's a workbook of what I was talking about. And I can talk about that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely plug that at the end. It's interesting that your mother went through a similar situation. Cause I said, mom, I said the same exact thing. I said, you have to find out who you are, not who you are working for someone or who you are as my mother, but like, who are you? And I, I think not, not that I think I'm not even going to say, I think I know that she never really faced that question before. And I think that's why now at 70 years old, it's, you know, becoming a a bigger, bigger question. So Heather, you talk about living in survival mode isn't going to do your family any favors, right? Obviously. I mean, that seems to go without saying. So like, one, what do you mean by that? And two, how can we do better? So it, it sounds like common sense. People are like, of course, but we actually don't believe we're living in survival mode because again, if you have always lived paycheck to paycheck, your parents lived paycheck to paycheck. If you've always been in energy debt, I mean, if you add debt to anything, time debt, energy debt, where you're like, there's never enough, there's never enough, there's never enough. Like you always feel like you're catching your breath. And that is your comfort zone, believe it or not, because that's your identity. If you have more, your brain is going is designed to keep you safe. It's not designed to keep you thriving. So I actually noticed, yes, in my TED Talk, I talk about it in the book. There's like this little sustainable ambition theory that I created. The first, It's like, see a triangle. The bottom is survival. And then the next one up is momentum. And then you're thriving. And then there's this creative abundance state. Every time you're going to a new level that like your brain is going to freak out. I see it all the time. People are like, okay, I'm good now. And I'm like, that is when you continue to do the work. You don't stop and then drop back down to survival. So I think we can see it in other people. Just like, you know, this is weird human bias that we have. We can see it in other women like, oh, wow, she's in a survival state. But we can't see it in the mirror for ourselves. But then the next thing that happens is we actually have to value ourselves. And this is where I think is the biggest wound of all that is like a collective that needs to be healed for women. And I think this is the underlying message and kind of thing that I teach women, which is it goes personal and professional, right? We teach people how to treat us. That's what Byron Katie says. We teach people how to treat us. So if you disrespect yourself and you feel disrespected by others, we haven't taught them how to respect us. So an example of that, if 
Like my phone is on airplane mode while I'm doing this interview because that's a boundary. I don't want anyone to interrupt that. My phone can be on airplane mode while I'm also doing work. And if somebody's texting me and they're like, I need you, I need you, 911. And I'm like, ooh, I love to be needed. What do you need? Oh, I can solve your problems. I can rescue you today. I can't get mad at that other person for interrupting my work day when I did not set a boundary and say, I don't have the capacity. Is this 911? If it is, you better pick up the phone and call 911 or I can talk to you after 5 p.m. today. And boundaries are beautiful things. But if we don't value ourselves enough It bleeds and manifests through our relationships with our children, our partners, and it also manifests itself through our work. And so I work a lot with women in corporate and business owners who are like, this is patriarchy. This is this, this is that. And I was like, yeah, and you are also not implementing boundaries. Like your productivity, you can get a lot done in an hour or two. You don't need to be working eight hours a day to get the same amount done. So why aren't you like, hey, you want me to get all this done? I'll get it done in my own way, in my own time, but I'm buying back my time and energy. So we need to learn how to use our voice. We need to learn to implement boundaries. And we also need to kind of reverse engineer how we want to feel. But the whole survival state is so fascinating to me because I always screw up this word, the martyrdom. Being a martyr is... uh, we get a lot, there's a lot of connection that happens in mothering and motherhood through that identity of being a martyr and a victim of our circumstances. And that was actually one that I physically had to opt out of. I was like, I can't be a part of this community anymore. If all you're going to do is complain about mothering and motherhood, it's a difference between saying, Hey, I'm struggling. How, how can I versus look, I'm struggling. Do you want to be my friend? Do you want to join my community? Let's just lather ourselves in our struggles. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. Big high five on that one. Heather, you are incredible. What, what motivates you now that you've come through you're healthy again. You've seen you're obviously on the other side of your cancer struggles and you are healthy. What motivates you? What wakes you up in the morning and gets you going? Okay, so I am not gonna lie. Lately I've been thinking a lot about this because I'm not in a survival state. And for a very, very long time, I was building my business and career. My motivation was to run away from my fear of feeling like I was failing, failing as a mother. So I get to build a whole career around parenting and then, you know, not wanting to physically die. So then teaching women how to feel alive and energized and thrive. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go to my next level from a place of suffering or like I have to. So how do I get to create more? And this past weekend, I hosted a retreat for the mentors in my community. So these are women who have gone through my process and they're now helping like the other women in my, in my community. And I'm not kidding. Most of these women walked up to me and they're like, you saved my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, 
how selfish would that be of me to stop now? And so the why always changes. And so what gets me up in the morning now is knowing that there is evidence that what I'm doing and what I have done is working and changing people's lives and their family and breaking generational patterns. I'm like, how selfish of me would that be to stop and quit because it's uncomfortable or because I have to chronically show up and challenge myself. So part of my why has now become the woman standing next to me. Part of the why is raising three sons and, and being like, do you, you know, it makes me emotional. Like this is what an empowered woman looks like. And yeah, it's, it's becoming, it's breaking those generational patterns, but the, the yin and the yang of that is I, I often feel like I'm charting a new path and I'm just a few steps ahead of people. And I'm like, okay, let's go guys. We got this. And that part is emotionally uncomfortable. So I have to take really, really good care of myself. Tell me more about this mentor coaching training retreat. That sounds exciting. Mm, Yeah. I love retreats. I love, so I take, I have retreats for people who like come into my community and I have like coaching programs are usually like eight or 10 months. And so women come in and depending on the path that they choose, if it's personal and their relationships, we, we talk about how to handle boundaries, how to manage your emotions, how to manage your energy, not your time. And you know, the roles that we play in our relationships so that you can feel alive and energized. And then when you get off track, you know how to kind of get back, like you have the confidence and empowerment to do that. And then we also have a business section of that to create more profit in your business, time, money, energy. But the retreats are fun. I take everyone's cell phones away. I take all their electronics away. They have no contact to their family for like four days. And we do the work together. And that was actually the first one where I brought like the team together. And it was it was fascinating just to see the connections and the leadership from them. So it's more of that aspect of the mentor one is more of a leadership of who do you need to become in order to lead these women that are coming behind you? And then I have a retreat as well for women that are just coming into the community that want to accelerate their growth. So a lot of healing, a lot of connection, a lot of vulnerability and looking at our stuff of where do we want to grow? What do we need to let go of? What do we need to bring in? And just creating that deep connection of belonging. That's so beautiful. You had mentioned very briefly about managing your energy and then managing your time. Can you speak to that a little bit? How, how does one necessarily impact the other? So it's interesting because I don't actually believe in time management or productivity as a concept. I think it's very corporate, like time and productivity. People will say to me, I'm like, how do you want to feel? They're like, I want to feel productive. I'm like, productive is not a feeling. Like, what is it that you're actually after? And I think so many people don't know what they actually want or what they're after. It's the concept. So the energy, again, is like, how do I want to feel? Like, if I have 80 things to do today? Am I just going to jump out of bed and start chipping those things off? Or am I going to tune in with myself first and say, 
What do I need? And it's a skill to figure out what do I need to feel like myself? What do I need to feel energized and alive? And every day will look at will look different. When I first started, I had to be very rigid with my routines where now I can flow more and I have no issue with boundaries now where before I did. So I'm like, I'm in a season of no. And it, you know, some people get triggered by that where I'm like, I don't have the capacity or, you know, I love you to pieces. I'm just not the friend that, you know, I'm going to text you every single day. But if you are a true friend, you will give me space because I will give you space and I will be back in a few months. I'm just in a season of no and catching my breath and realigning. So yeah, I'm always focused on how do I want to feel first and then the other things are secondary. Heather, where can we find you? I want everyone to just jump right into your world. Mm. So I am very active on my podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable. I have a whole bunch of resources. So you can actually go to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash free link. Is it gifts? I think it's gifts. Free gifts with an S. We actually have two private podcasts as well. So I have Emotionally Uncomfortable Parenting and Emotionally Uncomfortable Attracting Profit, which is more for business. And then that ETM thing I was talking about when I was like, wouldn't it be nice if there's a five-part process, like step-by-step-by-step, you can go to heatherchauvin.com forward slash ETM. And it's a a mini course shows you exactly what to do so you can rinse and repeat this and start feeling more alive and energized. I feel more alive and energized just spending this half an hour with you. So thank you for that. You just like injected your energy into me and I love it. It's a great way to start the morning. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Heather. Thank you, Tara. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.